Hello, Gathering Gold friends. Victoria here, letting you know that today's episode is actually from the Patreon bonus episode vault. So every month we share bonus episodes with our Patreon community. And today we are airing one of those bonus episodes here in the Gathering Gold feed. Cheryl is at this moment bringing her oldest son, Everest, to college for the first time. So we decided to do a little less recording this month so that she could spend more time with him. And I chose this bonus episode in particular to share because it speaks to some themes that are very present for Cheryl and for me right now. In the episode, we respond to a question from one of our lovely patrons, Olivia, about weddings and the transition of marriage. But a lot of the themes that come up are themes around transitions in general and like big transitional events like dropping someone off at college. Or for me, I'm actually leaving the job that I've been at for over nine years this month. And so this week I had a special lunch with the staff. They took me out to this nice restaurant and It was a bit of a ritual. People said really kind words and read poems and there were some tears. And it got me thinking about this episode because Cheryl and I talk about how hard it can be to receive love during special transitional times and events like a birthday party or a wedding and how vulnerable that can feel and how much grief it can bring up when one thing is ending and something else is beginning. And so I felt I felt this in a very real way this week where I just there were so many times I wished I could just kind of slip out the back door without really saying goodbye to anyone, you know. Like I said, I've been at this job for over 9 years. I was 23 when I started and I'm 32 now. And my boss has been my boss for over 9 years and and I've had I have close friendships with several of my coworkers there. And so it was emotional. And there were so many points in the process of leaving from from the time when I sat down and told my boss (laughs) to this, this special ritual where I had to really practice being present, like really actively practice not looking away or checking out and and really practice receiving very beautiful, kind words and emotions and expressions towards me. So <laughs> so that's kind of the reasoning for sharing this episode today because there's a lot of specific talk around weddings and things that come up around family expectations and traditions and things like that, but I think a lot of it can apply to all sorts of rituals, transitions, and big events. I also want to mention that on Sunday, August 27th, from 4 to 5.30 Eastern Time, I will be hosting a very fun uh, meetup for patrons at the meetup member tier. I'm so excited about this. We're going to create special card decks that we can use when we are feeling stuck to help ourselves shift our energy a little bit. And... It's going to be crafty, but also just conversational. We'll have some cozy music playing. I'm very excited to connect with people and just spend some time being creative 
together. So if you're interested in learning about that, you can visit the Patreon. We're going to be having meetups at least every other month now for the meetup tier. We will also have a new bonus episode for the Patreon community next week. And I'm sorry to tantalize you like this, but in this bonus episode, which we are calling a slumber party episode, Cheryl tells us what very famous celebrity actor she went to prom with. So I know, I'm sorry, I had to do it. It's so juicy. <laughs> and and then our next regular new Gathering Gold episode will come out September 1st. Finally, I just want to remind you that Cheryl's nine-month course, Break Free from Anxiety, is starting its 2023-2024 round soon. Registration is open now. And if you haven't heard of it before, this is a course that's designed to gently and skillfully guide you into the next layer of healing your anxiety. It's designed to address the resistance that will inevitably arise when you commit to a course of this length and teach you how to harness its power. And it's designed to help you break through your stuck points so that you can experience the inner freedom and joy that are your birthright. Thank you again so much for listening. Thank you to Olivia for submitting this beautiful question and to the Patreon community for supporting the podcast. To all who listen, we couldn't do this without you. Thank you. Hello, welcome to this Patreon-exclusive bonus episode of Gathering Gold. Today, Cheryl and I are very excited to answer a really interesting question from one of our lovely patrons in the Gathering Gold Patreon community. Cheryl, are you ready to hear me read Olivia's question? Yes. Okay. Olivia says, I have an incredible partner who I've been with for many years. We live together and have worked hard to build a wonderful life together. As we inch our way into the idea and conversation about marriage, I'm realizing I'm paralyzed with fear. I have a huge family, and the idea of having a big wedding, though certainly expected by my family, makes me want to literally never get married. I'm an extrovert and love being with people, but I do not love being the center of attention. I also admittedly have some fear around marriage itself. It will be the first thing I have done in my life that is a true covenant or promise of forever. It feels so beautiful and so petrifying. My partner is an amazing man who I know and trust and love. I have no intention of not being with him. Yet the idea of standing in front of all our family and closest friends to make this vow seems so overwhelming and intense that in some ways I'd just rather not. How do people cope with this intensity going into marriage and a wedding ceremony? Hmm. So I really love this question because there are a few different threads in the question that touch on several different really interesting questions within the question, if, mm. <laughs> if that makes mm. sense. Mm -hmm. And I kind of see it as like there's two buckets or maybe it's more like a Venn diagram, but there's the question about the wedding itself, like the mm -hmm. day, the celebration, and everything that comes with that day. And then there's the marriage and everything that that day is symbolizing. Mm -hmm. But I think the questions about the day are very real in and of themselves. Like the question about having that tension between a sense of obligation and expectation from family, maybe even from the wider culture. Mm. 
and then having personal desires and needs that don't really feel like they align with what's expected or what she might feel obligated to. Mm. And I think this is really interesting because I often fall into the camp of kind of I think actually I mostly fall into the camp of avoiding altogether, (laughs) Um, if not deferring to, you know, that sense of obligation or expectation. I can relate to coming from a big family Mm -hmm. and feeling certain expectations or feeling certain obligations, even certain cultural obligations and feeling kind of distressed at the thought of, I don't really want to do that, but I feel this pull that, Mm. you know, this is what's expected. And I don't want to ruffle feathers. Mm. I don't want to hurt feelings. I don't want to cause trouble. I don't want to be seen as difficult or even weird, you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. by doing something different. Yes. And it comes up so often for people around a wedding or any big event, but especially a wedding because when you come from a big family, there is an expectation that this is not just your day. This is all of our day and we all get to show up. And to some degree, that's true because on the level of transition and ritual and ceremony, the wedding is the day where you officially transfer allegiance from family of origin to partner and There's a grieving process, ideally, this was what all my early work was about with the conscious bride, that there's a grieving process that everybody acknowledges in an ideal world. And so, you know, what that book was about and what that, um, that work is about around transitions is the recognition that we can become so hyper focused on the event and the details of the event as a way to sideline and be in denial about all of the other emotional layers, right? The grief, the fear, the vulnerability. And so for me, what stands out is I also admittedly have some fear Mm -hmm. around marriage itself, right? right? It will be the first thing I have done in my life that is a true covenant or promise of forever. It feels so beautiful and so petrifying, yes. So yes, there are so many buckets and threads and strands, as as you said, Victoria, and there is the wedding itself, and then there is the actual marriage, the transition that you are walking towards, and the wedding is, um, is the bridge. It's the ceremony by which you become wed, through which you make this promise, this declaration, this covenant. And to me, it is very important that the wedding is an expression of your values, the two of you, and, and also acknowledging and honoring people around you. But when I have walked women through the process of getting married and they have sidelined their values for the good of the family, to please the family, There is an immense sense of self-betrayal. Usually I would meet those women after the event, right? And there would be a a lot of regret and um, sadness and that sense of I have betrayed my values to please my family. And so as always in transition, 
our core wounds, our core stories, our beliefs are highlighted. And it's an opportunity to move in a different direction, you know, one that is more honoring of who you are, who the two of you are, or to do something that isn't truly in alignment because you're afraid of ruffling feathers. And I see here this opportunity for creativity, you know, because this Olivia says that she is an extrovert. Mm -hmm. Are there ways to take some of the pressure off of like all the attention being on, (laughs) zeroed in on her, you know? Yeah. Um, There might be some creative ways to work with that. Like mm. I, I, I think it's been really interesting during COVID to see I ha- I've had, I don't know, probably at least five friends get married during COVID. I've only been present at one of the weddings and people had to get really creative, especially like earlier on. And some people I knew felt this relief because they were like, oh, I get to actually go get married on a mountain with like a couple of friends, which is what I really want to do. Yes. <laughs> um. But yeah, so I just, it's been really interesting and inspiring to me to see my friends kind of do things in a very personal, like, oh, that is so them way. You know, I just went to this wedding in Arizona where there are, I think, 35 people there, but Mm -hmm. in their backyard with all of their dogs included in the ceremony and, you know, like, Mm -hmm. um, they're close family and close friends there, but very, very casual and very them and not a lot of like attention on them. And I mean, lots of attention on them, but you know, not like in a very formal way. Um, So it's just been interesting to watch people get creative and kind of find like their path through that, that maybe there are ways of doing things a little bit differently. Um, Yes. Yeah. And what I've often suggested to women is to have two weddings. Mm-hmm. Um, and to have the one that is the one you actually want, and then to have a party or a reception or something that can invite everybody in and honor them in some way. Right. So like a private ceremony yes. and, then a, and then a party. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That the wedding itself where you are wed is in alignment with your vision. Mm-hmm. Parsing apart the fear and grief and vulnerability and groundlessness that will be there no matter how you get married. And then the peace around the wedding itself. And, you know, it's it's also setting into motion a set of expectations about your marriage, about boundaries, if there are future children that might enter the picture, it sets a message. When you do a wedding your way, it sends the message, we are in charge. This is for us, not for you. And when we have children, if we have children, we will set the ground rule, rules. We, we will set the boundaries. And so it's a powerful thing. It's not just about the wedding, right? The, the, the wedding, and this is so much of what I used to talk about all the time when I was more in that world of the wedding transition with the conscious bride, 
is that it's this potent liminal time where the seeds you plant have extra potency. Hmm. And this is true of all transitions. There's additional potency. And so when you send a message around a wedding that says we are doing this in alignment with our values and vision, it reverberates out and it's a courageous thing to do. And it's not about throwing your family under the bus either. Like you're saying, there are creative ways to honor people that don't betray yourself. Right. I'm thinking about how the two strands that I think of when I think of expectations Mm -hmm. from your family or from your group of friends, like are, I think, A, people wanting to know that they are important to you and that they matter. Mm -hmm. But then B, people either feeling judged when you do something differently or your fear that they will feel judged, that by doing something differently, it's like you're saying your way is bad or wrong or not good enough and that's how they're going to take it. Mm. Um, or And maybe a connected strand is just any time you do something differently – Mm-hmm. It means that people have to react differently, and that can just simply be unsettling <laughs> to people to have to yes. m- move. When you move differently, they have to move differently, and that's jarring sometimes. Yes, yeah. and it's also illuminating because yeah. you will see how they react, and it will give you information that maybe you're not wanting or ready to see, but – you know, in some way it tracks back to the episode we just recorded about the mother wound. It's it's like you get to see where your friends and family are in terms of their ability to truly support you because mm-hmm. it's not about them. Right. And, you know, from sort of an archetypal transitional place, like I was saying earlier, it is kind of about them, right? It's your letting go is also their letting go. But it's like I'm I, like let me put myself into the future and let me imagine one of my son's weddings, and if they decided, you know what, mom, we're just we decided to elope. Sorry, mm-hmm. you no. Know? Would I be disappointed? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Would I be sad? Yes. But. Would I hope that I would manage my own disappointment and sadness and truly support their choice because it's their wedding and their decision? I would hope I would do that Mm. because it's not about me. And so it's kind of a litmus test, right? You throw this out there and you're like, hey, guys, we're, you know, we're going off into the mountains. We'll see you at the reception in two weeks. And then you sort of see where that lands. But at least you know that it's in alignment with you, that you've been true to yourself. 
Oh, it's really interesting what the, all the stuff this is bringing up in me. It's very interesting. Um, Ooh, do tell. <laughs> <laughs> just, just my own like, what do I feel in my bones about like what you're allowed to do and what's selfish and what's mm-hmm. acceptable and what's and yeah, what's what do you owe to other people or. All of this stuff is just very interesting. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. I don't want to go off on too much of a tangent, but it's interesting. Well, that's all. It's all so good what you just said, right? And again, it speaks to those loyalty contracts. Mm-hmm. It speaks to, right, what is our oblig- obligation? Do we have obligation in this day and age? It feels like an antiquated mindset around family. And maybe it's because I come from such a tiny family that I can't relate. It doesn't land anywhere in me that I have any kind of obligation. I don't know what big family is. And so I think you can speak better to this, Victoria, because I know that there are deep, much deeper loyalty strands than I have in my tiny little family of origin. Mm. Right? I don't have aunts and uncles. I don't have cousins. I didn't grow up with any of that. Mm. I get it. My family is teensy tiny, <laughs> And different <laughs> and, cultures too, right? And like, different cultures. Yeah. Absolutely. I've heard family members say, you know, like weddings are a time when we actually all get to be together for a joyous occasion as opposed to like, oh, I saw you at the last funeral, you know? Mm. <laughs> um yeah, so I I definitely have it's it's just really interesting to like pick that yeah, to just unpack that and think about these questions and think about I like the idea of Olivia, you know, just having the freedom to really creatively brainstorm like what actually is important mm. to me about this. How do I want to honor my family? Yes. How do I want to honor my needs and wants and my partner? I don't know how he feels about it, you know. Yes. Um because that can be tricky too, I would imagine, when you if you have different yes. desires for the wedding day. Yes. But I like the idea of just even just in her imagination, thinking of like what would it what would be a beautiful thing for me to create as opposed to what's this thing that I have to do or that I would be destroying, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yes. As a starting point, right? As an exercise, as right. an experiment. Right. Put your f- big family aside and all of their expectations, right? And imagine that they have given you full permission to create your wedding however you envision it and start there, mm. right? And see what comes forth from that creative place of total freedom, total permission. You have total permission, Olivia, as a starting point to envision your wedding. What do you see? Who's there? Where are you? What are you wearing? Letting it come from the inside out, right? Dropping into your body and your space with your partner and being in in a meditative, creative space together. That this is the first covenant, true covenant, promise of forever that you are making to each other. And the only people who have to be there 
are the two of you. And so you start there. And then you open to, okay, who else might we want there? If anybody. I've known people who have married themselves. There hasn't even been a witness. Mm-hmm. Just the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the family loyalty piece is super important and the cultural piece. Like I know I'm thinking of these two films, My Big Fat Greek Wedding <laughs> <laughs> and Monsoon Wedding. Um, both incredible films. Monsoon Wedding is just a phenomenal film. Um, and so, you know, we are very individualistic in American culture, and I'm sure I can come from that perspective, especially coming from a smaller family. And so it's not about also, it's not about dishonoring or betraying your lineage, your people, but it's, there's some both and in here. Yeah. Right. And I fully trust that there is a both and because I've seen it so many times. Yeah. Over the years of watching people walk through this process. And I wonder to what degree, and I'm curious because you have so much experience. I mean, you have your your own experience marrying Dave, and then you've walked so many people through this. I'm curious, like, to some degree, how much there, you know, I think any like super special day. We've kind of touched on this, I think, in the podcast before, but it can just bring up all these expectations and all this anxiety for highly sensitive people or, you know, people who really want something to like live up to some idea of perfection or some idea of like, well, I should feel like this and this experience should only be blissful and joyous mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know like you identified there's the par- the piece of the question about this fear around this commit this you know this vow mm-hmm. and promise and i'm just thinking about even if it's not a wedding um like i was saying to you Cheryl my i had my little 30th birthday party in the backyard last year it was just a barbecue with like 15 friends and i cried the next day for mm-hmm. <laughs> on and off for hours because I had this reaction to like being the center of attention. Like there was something vulnerable about putting Mm. myself out there Mm. as like, this is my birthday and I want you to be here. And I felt like Mm. self-conscious and like I wanted to be able to take care of everyone. um, And I couldn't, of course, because I couldn't do that. And Mm. it brought up so much for me. And I'm just thinking about holding that as well, that like no matter what you do, I'm I'm thinking there's always the chance of having to manage some discomfort or awkwardness or, oh, it's not exactly what I thought it would be, you know, like, yes. and, and the emotions that come up as well. Yes. And so much of the focus on perfection and what comes up afterwards is often a defense against the emotions, the grief. You turned 30. That's a grieving process. You're getting married. That's a grieving process, right? That's the part of the engagement that our culture completely overlooks. Again, that's what the conscious bride was entirely about. It's recognizing on the front side of a transition before the actual day that the more of those emotional layers you can process, the more of the grief that you can tolerate, the more you can recognize 
that there is a death experience happening, a death of identity, no longer being in your 20s, no longer being a non-married person. With a wedding, there's so much shifting, so much that is dying that we don't want to talk about. And so we focus on the wedding itself. And so, and then yes, the piece about being the center of attention, and she writes in caps, I do not <laughs> love being the center of attention. <laughs> Pretty clear. I do not love. And yet, I wonder if you attend, Olivia, to the grief and the fear on this end. Mm how much of that might shift because what I have seen is that when there is a big, mostly loving family, no family is perfect, and you've done enough of their emotional work leading up to the wedding day that it doesn't feel like you're the center of attention in a negative way. It actually feels like you are a vessel, a receptacle of the highest love that we experience in life happens on a wedding day. And so I just would encourage you to open to the possibility, the possibility that even though it sounds really clear, the idea of having a big wedding makes me want to literally never get married. That seems pretty clear. What I also know from your question number one that we didn't read is that it sounds to me like you actually have a close relationship with some of your family members. And so to open to the possibility that being the center of attention might not feel the way you think it's going to feel. It might actually feel like bliss. It might actually feel like, oh, I can open to receive this outpouring of love. People are, are in their highest selves on a wedding day. In general, not everybody, but in general, they are there to have an experience of, of witnessing this declaration of love. And it is, it's God realm, really. It's that realm of perfection in the best possible sense of that word. And so there's a lot to sift through, right? There's not one right answer, but the more you attend to the underlayers, those vulnerable emotions that are already coming up as you are, as you said, inching your way into the idea and conversation about marriage, I'm realizing I'm paralyzed with fear. And then the next, next sentence is about the big wedding. I would encourage you to stay with, I am realizing I'm paralyzed with fear. Because it's so easy for us to externalize the fear and make it about the wedding. And it might be, that might be your absolute truth that you do not want a big wedding. Right? That might be what you come to. But it might not. Mm. You're pretty good at this, Cheryl. Well, who, who would have thought? <laughs> it's almost like you've been doing this a long time. It's almost like it is. 
<laughs> I mean, The Conscious Bride, it's crazy to say, came out, I think, in 2000. So that was 22 years ago. And then The Conscious Bride's Wedding Planner, which I actually think is a better book and I would recommend to you, Olivia, um, because it really walks the couple step by step through the emotional layers in a workbook format, helping you clarify your vision. There's a whole worksheet in there for both of you about clarifying your vision, writing out your vision, right? So I spent years steeped in this world and I still love it. It's so rich and it's so potent and there's so much here, right? As we're seeing, we're just taking like six sentences and then you know, we could just keep talking and talking about it. I think you really hit on something with, you know, as you mentioned, Olivia submitted another question, which hopefully maybe we can get to in another episode one day, but just kind of talking about the grief of of differentiating from family of origin or having, being farther apart, um, lives mm-hmm. changing. And I think like you said, like maybe there's some grief there and the idea of like, you know, if your family members are looking intently at you on that day, looking you in the eye, like holding you in that day, like mm. what would that feel like? Does it feel like too much? Like, oh mm. no, too much grief, too much mm. change, you know? Um, mm-hmm. That's just kind of what came to my mind as you were saying that. Yes. It's not always easy to take in love. It feels like we might blow a circuit from <laughs> taking in that much love. And then the grief that comes afterwards when it's over. Yeah. Like you walk, leaving the wedding that you were at and bursting into tears. Yeah. That the bride often feels that as well intensely. Yeah. Right. And so is there that element of, oh, I'll just avoid all that. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds so familiar to me. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Olivia, thank you for this question. Mm. Thank you so much, Olivia, and for your beautiful note to us. Such um, a beautiful expression of gratitude. And you seem, I said to Victoria ahead of the recording, you just seem like a lovely, lovely human being. And thank you to all of the other Gathering Gold patrons. I'm excited to keep digging into your questions and addressing more of them in our future bonus episodes. 